Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com. Let's get started with the good stuff. Welcome today, ladies and gentlemen. I have the pleasure of having Ethan Decker uh, from Applied Brand Science. He is the CEO and founder. Is that correct, Ethan? Indeed. This, this is his baby. So I, I want to tell you to buckle your seatbelts. going to get some good information. And uh, let's get started. Ethan, uh, uh, thanks for joining me, first of all. I know it's a you know, a, a quasi holiday and uh, it's tough to get people to to talk, especially this afternoon. So I'd like you to share with my audience how your background in science and your training at the Santa Fe Institute influenced your approach to marketing. Santa Fe Institute was a place where you studied complex systems. I don't know. Did you ever see uh, Jurassic Park, Carl? Yes, yes. yes. Do you know that scene where Jeff Goldblum is talking about the butterfly effect, like the butterfly's wings flapping in Shanghai can amplify and amplify and cause hurricanes in the Gulf Coast? Yeah. So we studied stuff like that. And I was an ecologist at the time, not thinking at all of getting into marketing or advertising or anything like that. I fell ass backwards into all of that much later. Okay. Uh, but it has influenced how I approach marketing and advertising because I understand that, you know, small changes in currency trading in Lithuania can have a large impact on the price of oil in California. Uh, or if you're starting a business and suddenly you've got one tweet from, I don't know, uh, Emma Watson tweeting about your little product, boom, that can have a massive impact on what you do. So I have a a slightly different perspective on how marketing and advertising works than a lot of other people practicing in business. Okay. Well, you know, you've had a successful career in advertising. What uh, inspired you to transition to teaching marketing leaders about brand science? Yeah, that's a, a really long and long. No, it's not a long story. Uh, I got let go. The Crispin Porter and Bogusky ship was sinking. Uh, it was the Titanic that had once been the agency, not of the year, but of the decade. And I caught it on the tail end. And so uh, there was a revolving door of leadership. It was hard to figure out what we were going to do after the rest of the world caught up to social media and pranks and PR stunts and things like that. Um, so uh, a bunch of accounts kept leaving. And I was part of that exodus. 
and looked around and decided I did not want to get back into advertising as far as being in an advertising agency. Not a great business model right now. Uh, so I've started to do my own thing, which is what I call applied brand science, where I take the science of branding, and there is such a thing as the science of branding. And I help leaders, especially CMOs, apply that science to their companies so that they can grow their business. You mentioned the science of branding. Can, can you, or, or brand science, can you elaborate on that concept for my audience? I'm sure I have a few people right now going, hmm, brand science. And then how can it benefit uh, businesses looking to grow their brand? Brand science is not exactly the same thing as big data, which is what we've heard a lot about these days, or AI, which we've also heard a lot about, or um, attribution and um, performance marketing, things like that. That is not brand science. Brand science elucidates the laws of brand growth in the same way that physics elucidates the laws of motion and the laws of electrodynamics. So for instance, no matter where you are in the universe, the law of gravity applies the same way. Now, it's a little different here than it is on the moon because we're a bigger sphere than the moon. The moon's a smaller sphere. So when you've seen images of astronauts bouncing around on the moon, they weigh less because gravity's force is stronger on a small moon. Secondly, we have an atmosphere. So if you throw a paper airplane here, it uh, it falls down to the, to the surface, but also it can float and glide in a different way, uh, or it can get buffered by wind if there's wind. There's no wind on the moon. So, therefore, the flight of paper airplanes is different. But the laws of physics are the same. It's just that there are different things acting. That's also the case with brands and businesses. There are actual scientific laws that elucidate how advertising works, how shoppers buy products, how brands compete, and how brands grow. And most people have no idea that these laws exist at all. I'm sure right at that up. Glad that you're around to tell them. So, you know, you're an accomplished speaker, uh, published expert on, on brand science and marketing. Um, tell me about trends. Do you have any key insights about coming trends in marketing? And uh, Yeah, we're going to see a whole lot of uh, what I call crapola coming out about AI. We're going to see a whole lot of what I, what a technical term here, hogwash about uh, how brands are dead because uh, we can compete on price now just by clicking on on Google. Uh, we're going to see a whole lot of hooey. That's another one, a very technical term there, hooey, <laughs> about what you need to do on TikTok to succeed as a brand. I, I think these are important trends. And we're going to actually also, um, what I try and do is cut through those trends and elucidate the opposite, which is, for instance, have you heard of restoration hardware? It's a furniture brand. No. It's one of the biggest furniture companies in the country, and they're extremely successful, and they do not have a single social media account. They do okay. They do a very sophisticated playbook written in the 1800s called the Sears Roebuck Catalog Playbook, and they send out oodles and oodles of catalogs, and they sell lots and lots of furniture without a single TikTok video. So if everyone tells you, you got to be on TikTok, I like to say exhibit A, restoration hardware. Wow. Okay. Now you've worked with Crispin Porter Pogoski and uh, 72 and Sonny. Um, the experiences you had there, 
um, be they negative or positive, tell me how they figure into your strategies today, the things you do today. Oh, the experiences were completely positive. Absolutely. Super fun, great people, super smart. Uh, Both 72 and Crispin were hot agencies with creativity, um, uh, just unbridled creativity. And um, what I found interesting was the problem with creativity is it's not very amenable to logical analysis. So you try and understand why one video went huge and another didn't. Often it's like cats or someone speaking in a funny voice, like, hello, ladies, look at your men, now back to me, now back at your men, now back to me. Does he smell like a lady? He can smell like me with new old spices. So these things are in t- very, not intangible, but very hard to understand in a logical way. And that scares the pants off of logical business people who want logical reasons of why their ad is going to work better. Uh, so my time at Crispin, my time at 72 and Sunny, they definitely influenced how I approach creativity and the seemingly irrational. And also what I do now, which is I help rational people understand the incredible power and potency of the irrational. Interesting. Now you've traveled the world as a, as a market researcher, strategic consultant, um, does you know traveling the world and going to other locations that given you a unique different differing perspective on marketing i can't say it's unique but it does help and i hope it's similar to other people who travel the world which is it gives you perspective on things you realize that your culture is not the only way things work you realize that your brands are not the only brands in the world you realize that for instance if you go to russia which i did 20 years ago and you look at American brands, really all of them might as well just say America on the side because that's what the branding means to Russians. And relatedly, America usually means good because they can rely on the quality of an American product as opposed to a product that, that might be um, manufactured in a Soviet bloc or a previous Soviet bloc country. So you get perspective on the world. And traveling the world helps you realize that, first of all, there are differences. But importantly, what I do with brand science is talk about the universals. What does apply to the shoppers in Russia equally to the shoppers in America? And there are laws, and you have to understand the laws and understand the difference between the laws and what I call the levers, the things that work sometimes, and then the difference between those and what I call hogwash, which is crap that doesn't work at all. I start uh, putting those in my vocabulary: hogwash, carpola, and hooey. I'm going to put that. I'm going to start using those. Listen, your uh, TED talk where you dance like a peacock spider <laughs> sounds intriguing. You know what message or concept were you trying to convey through that uh, kind of unique presentation style? Well, first of all, if if you don't grab people's attention and you don't engage them, it doesn't matter what you say. Wah 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 wah. So a bit of what I do is try and grab people's attention. Second, when it come to the pe- when it came to the peacock spider, and yes, I do dance around on stage sometimes, and I've been known to do a few impersonations, potentially, of senators from Vermont who like to wear mittens. Um, but the peacock spider story <laughs> is a story about uh, how all through nature, 
creatures display their wares and try and show off and showboat to each other. And the peacock spider is as big as your thumbnail. It's a tiny spider, but it's called a peacock spider because it's got a beautiful carapace that pops up and it looks like a peacock tail. And it functions the exact same way, which is for the males to show off to the females. The challenge is the females don't really care about the colors on the carapace. The females actually care about the genetic quality and the health of the male. But those things are invisible. You cannot see them. You cannot touch. I mean, you could touch genes, but they're too tiny for those little spider hands. So you can't really touch genes. You can't smell genes. You can't sense those genes. What's a good proxy? Well, the colors of the tail. If the tail is beautiful and intricate and well-designed, then you've got some evidence that 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 male spider has good genes. We do the same thing, right? I mean, you look at people and you can assess, do they have good genes? Do they come from good stock? And you do that with all the superficial things like our hair. I mean, you must know how obsessed humans are about their hair or lack thereof, right, Carl? Right, right. (laughs) But we are obsessed with hair. Why do we care so much about hair? It makes no sense. If we were aliens and we came to this planet and we saw the most dominant species on Earth, the most sophisticated species, well, aside from alligators, uh, and we saw our obsession with hair, what, what the hell would we make of it? Well, it turns out hair is a symbol for all the stuff that's invisible, like your social status, your rank, your health, your intelligence, your social cues. Do you cue into social things? I mean, if your hair is like, ah, you really don't, you're not up on trends. That's a big symbol for all the things that are invisible. Anyway, it's a good talk. It's still up on YouTube. People can go watch my TEDx talk, not real TED talk, the the faux TED talk, this TEDx on uh, advertising on YouTube. Yeah, make sure my audience takes it. I'll give you a chance at the end too to tell them where they can see you, find you, and, and, and come uh, learn from you. Now, to me, a quick question because that was really creative. Um, how can business strike a balance between, you know, being creative and data driven in a marketing strategy, especially in today's digital age? Is there, is there, you know, can you be too creative or? too data-driven. I mean, what's the balance and what, what do you suggest to, to find that balance? Well, this is the, the least favorite answer in marketing, which is it depends. Okay. Obviously, there are some businesses which are incredibly data-driven and they do extremely well doing so. There are other businesses which are extremely creative-driven and they do well as well. I do think that your chances are best if you have a mix of data and analytics and logic and things like that and creativity and illogic and irrational things and puppets, hand puppets, who knows? I don't know. But I think that that increases your odds of success the most. And then from there, you just have to try what I call a lot of different levers. Levers are things which can work like a mascot, but you don't need to have a mascot to succeed. Um, Geico has a mascot, right? It's the Geico Gecko. We all know the Geico Gecko. Uh, State Farm does not have a mascot. They have a song that Barry Manilow wrote the year that I was born, probably the year you were born too. Um, 
And, and so you don't need a mascot to succeed, but it can work. Similarly, if you're Spotify and you're sitting on billions and billions of data points of how people listen to music precisely, you can do things that other brands that don't have that data can't do. But that's a lever, and levers are optional. And your job as a good marketer is to pull a bunch of levers, keep experimenting with levers, and then when you find the levers that work, double down on those. Now, question. You, you're, you're in a room with 20-somethings who are just getting into marketing. You can only give them one piece of advice. What's the one piece of advice you'd give them? Run. Run away. Run faster. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, 20-somethings. Well, if they're really you know, career... You know, the ones that, like we were, we knew everything? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, if only we knew then what we know now. Amen. Amen. Uh, there's, it, of course, again, it depends on the person. But if you're really career-driven, then you want to be where the action is. You want to go to big places and learn from smart people. That's that's maybe the best advice. Surround yourself with amazing people. Keep upping the caliber of people around you. That's that's the number one advice, and that's. Depending upon where you live, move. Depending upon what company you're in, change companies. Depending upon what role you're in in that company, keep reaching out and, and learn from better people around you. That's super good stuff. Now we're going we're gonna to change the audience. Uh, if you have a room of marketing leaders looking to apply brand science principles to enhance their brand's uh, uh, growth and effectiveness, what's the practical advice you'll give them? Number one, know what the laws of brand science are. Because if you don't know the laws of brand science, it's like dreaming that water will flow uphill or hoping that bricks will fly in space. Um, and so you need to know the laws of brand science. You need to know the difference between something that's a law that's universal to all brands and something that's a lever, something that you can pull that may or may not work like mascots. And then you need to know the difference between those two, the laws and levers, and hogwash. Weird. Hooey. Hogwash. Crapola. So now that we, we, we need to learn about the brand science, I want to send everybody to you. How do they reach out to you? How do they find you? I'm everywhere they accept Visa. Just kidding. <laughs> I I am found on the interwebs, of course. If you look up Applied Brand Science, I should pop up pretty quickly. AppliedBrandScience.com, of course, is the home. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn as well. Uh, my full name is Ethan Danger Decker. Good question. Given your success, what's the one challenge you're facing now, business-wise? Oh, the one challenge I'm facing is making sure I have shirts in the right size for people when they want these shirts, because everybody wants one of these shirts. And I usually am like, well, dang, I'm, I'm out of extra larges. Yeah, I'm a 3X. So, uh... You want a Science AF shirt heading your way, Carl? Yeah, yeah, I'm a 3X. I, I actually have a science background, believe it or not. I have a chemistry degree. I believe it. Never used it. Um, but about this podcast is about you and brand science. You know what I'm talking about. Pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is Carl McKinney, co-hosting with Seth Green and Kevin Harrington, our Sharkpreneur podcast. And we've had the pleasure of uh, speaking with Ethan, Dex Ethan Decker from Applied Brand Science. You can find him at AppliedBrandScience.com. 
And uh, listen, we had a great chat here today. Uh, Ethan, thank you for your time and hope to do this again sometimes. Absolutely. Thank you, Carl. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit C-SuiteRadio.com.